Fort Worth, what's up? How's it going? Welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. Thank you so much for joining us. We are a show about local politics that aims to get more people engaged in local issues. My name is Anthony Sosa, and I'm here today with Thomas Moore to discuss volunteer work, uh, primarily, and then we kind of talk about a plethora of other things, including the upcoming election. But we, we both kind of take turns going on rants. Uh, we had a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy it. Um, speaking of the upcoming election, I want to let everybody know, probably when you're hearing this Monday morning, uh, when this should come out, it is early voting. October 24th, that's Monday, through Friday, October 28th, uh, the polls are open 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. October 29th, that's Saturday, uh, the polls are open at 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on that Sunday, the upcoming Sunday, October 30th, the polls are open 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then the following week, October 31st through November 4th, the polls are open a little longer, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then we take the weekend off, we take that Monday off, and we come around on Tuesday, Election Day, Tuesday, November 8th, uh, and the polls are open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So please be thinking about when you're going to vote. Kind of make a plan for yourself. If you've got friends, family members, loved ones, whomever, uh, that would also like to vote, make a thing of it. Go, go, all, all of you guys go together. That's actually what, what Amber and I are doing. We're going together with some friends to vote. So uh, make, make it an occasion. Uh, please civically participate. If you are registered to vote, please, please do so. Uh, all right, I'll finish my liner. All of the resources that are used in this episode will be provided below in the show notes. This podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. You can sign up for our Substack at our website, justicereformleague.net, where we will occasionally post op-ed type articles. If you would like to submit something to our Substack or have episode ideas or additional stories you would like us to cover or anything like that, any feedback, uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at FW Review, on Instagram at Fort Worth Freedom Review, and you can send us an email at FWFreedomReview at gmail.com. So like I know it's like, um, I'm rolling. By the way, is that cool with you? Is that okay. Oh, you good? Is that okay? All right. Um, yeah. Surprise. Um, I was just <laughs> I was <laughs> giving me more warning than last time. <laughs> there was that one time you just went into it. I'm just like, wait, the fuck? Wait a minute. Only twenty minutes. I was like, oh, thanks, man. Sorry. No, I'll cut. I mean, I'll cut all. You know, that's that's just us. Right. Unless you want me to leave it in, but I mean, I feel you know. I'll just you know, I'll still cut even this right I now. Trust you. Currently, I'll cut this up too. Um, but yeah, man. Like, so I was. You sent me the stuff that you sent. Um, do you want to talk about yeah. those things? And then, like, we can just kind of maybe talk about Beto and maybe do mm -hmm. like a, do a rundown of some of the candidates. Oh crap! My stuff's out on the other on the table in the other room. Um, hold on one sec. I got, oh, I got one. I got one right here. Okay. Um, just kind of remind people to vote. Early voting starts Monday. Blah blah blah. 
But yeah. then I kind of want to like, and if you want to like play interviewer or something, or if you want to pr prick and prod, uh, that'd be cool. I just kind of want to talk about like what I'm kind of doing with the party, like volunteering, what my role is and like try and get other people to do this stuff too, because there's a ton of vacancies and stuff. Um, and so like, even you, like where you're, I know you're yeah. not in Tarrant County, but like you could do the same thing. I mean, obviously the it's too, too late to do something for this election, but like, we're going to need to hit the ground running, you know? Um, yeah. Cause it's, I'm not going to lie. It's getting, I was thinking about this earlier. Like it's getting kind of nauseous. Cause like, here's, here's George's already kind of doing this. Um, they're already doing exactly what I thought they would do. And they're already like, they've got people lined up, most in democratic areas challenging votes and stuff so they're basically they basically rigged the game um i don't believe that you're going to have a fair election in most of these cycles going forward huh. so we need to like get a lot more active about things because our already small margin for error has become microscopic yeah it's I mean, what yeah, yeah, no, you're right. No, I think I think you bring up a good point. I didn't really think about it in those terms because that's like a really kind of bleak way or stark way to think about it. But it's you're not wrong, and it sucks because like that's what they've been saying all along, right? Like the right, the conservatives have been saying, "Oh, rigged elections, rigged elections." But like now, because it's such an issue, there's like you're right. There's definitely going to be finagling, and 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 conservatives have this habit of accusing the other side of doing whatever the it is that they're doing. Yeah. Like it's like projection, it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like they'll say, oh, the left's trying to kill babies. But what the fuck do you think their abortion laws are doing now? Like it it is killing children. Like it's yeah. not just and women, but a lot know. of people think about yeah. A lot of people think it's just, you know, stopping women from getting abortions. It's like, no, there are certain things within the pregnancy process where sometimes you need some of the, some of the, these, these, you know, this care that you're not going to be able to get anymore, you know? Absolutely. So you've got pregnant women who are basically dying. And then you've got their other policies that are like encouraging child poverty. Um, I mean, like. That are also contributing to the. Absolutely. To this. I like I was talking to my students about this, you know, the abortion thing. They they brought it up. We were talking about different restrictive restrictions, uh, like in the you know, progressive era gilded age and stuff, and like making modern comparisons. Uh women's rights, mm. voting rights, that sort of thing. And so I I kind of flippantly said, like, you know, guys in the class, you don't have to worry about this. But then I stopped and I was like, you know, no, that's not that's not true, really. Like this, this really affects everybody. And it's like, I'll kind of open up a little bit like Amber and I are trying to talk about, you know, whether or not we want to have kids. We were talking about adoption for a long time. She's almost done with school. So it's kind of like, OK, after that, you know, kind of start exploring this, talking about having them. But then when this summer thing happened, like we were uh, at when the court decision happened over the summer. You know, it became, do I want to try to have kids in this state because of certain health concerns and certain health issues like that might right. might not be a good idea. Do we have the, the resources to be able to leave state if that's the case? And like, that's a whole other yeah. thing. Give me. Yeah. Give me a few seconds. I have to grab something. Yeah. But like, that's, you know, that's just. Uh, 
affecting families, right? I guess is, what, is my point to you, listener. Um, this is this. It's bigger than just like a woman's issue thing, uh, and and it's affecting you know everybody. So okay. Anyways, uh, <laughs> can you can you hear me? Yeah, can I can hear, hear you. I had to grab something. Okay. No, you're fine. I just kept talking uh, to kind of finish the point. Um, I guess I didn't want to start off the podcast that hot. Woo on on this issue. Uh, but oh, that, that's yeah. okay. Well, you're gonna hate what I just sent you because, like, what I was gonna say is, <laughs> conservatives are now moving away from calling themselves conservatives. They're actually calling themselves fascists now, like unironically. Yeah, you're seeing a lot of that, and not just in this country like, too, like internationally. We're seeing. I that. just sent you a uh, article from the Federalist, and it's basically it. like you read the article. This is literally like textbook fascism. Yeah, I mean, like, so like, we need to stop being nice. We need to use power because it's a good thing. We need to abuse people. I'm like, this, uh, the headline says, we need to stop calling ourselves conservatives. And it's, I guess, a, mm -hmm. an opinion piece on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's a nice way of putting it. Like, you, you want to know where I found this? Because I, uh, I follow certain conservatives because, you know, in case they, they do a murder or something, I got warned people, right? And, uh, I think his name is Jeff Younger, but the uh, he was gonna speak for the Republicans at UNT Denton, at UNT in Denton, and he he yeah Jeff Younger he basically got shouted off like hmm. people yeah people, pro like protested or shouted dude, him down or whatever protested is that yeah yeah um. But he was sharing this shit on his Facebook page. I was like, oh, we're we're already there. That's terrifying. And you yeah. got people unironically using the phrase Christian nationalist. I'm like, and you got all this anti-Semitism stuff popping up again. I'm like, this is literally the Nazi party all, all over again. I'm yeah. Like, I mean, it's so it's um, it's the it's election season, right? We're two weeks out, and so like everyone's letting their flags fly, everyone's pushing their agenda super hard. Um, it, we're really yeah. going to have to, I think, see the results of this election um, to see kind of how it goes. If it's going to be like a red wave, like people are saying, um, like polls are suggesting, um, then we're probably you know we're going to see more of this. Like if not, if it ends up being the polls are wrong again for the third cycle in a row, um, then uh, you know, maybe they'll shut up a little bit. Uh, it's. I think one of the one of the issues with the polls being wrong is you have a lot more younger voters that are popping up. Yeah. Than before, and they were on underrepresented because, like, before these last three cycles, younger voters were simultaneously the biggest voting block, but the least reliable. Right. Yeah. That's the whole reason GOP was able to make gains is because just the the younger voters who usually vote progressive vote democrat mm -hmm. just weren't showing up to the polls and for whatever reason democrats didn't want to court them because if you look at their policies almost nothing appealed to the younger generation bernie's the only guy that was on point with that you know and like what they've done the democratic party has done is until very recently and this is out of desperation this isn't because they just randomly changed their mind they didn't want to appeal to younger voters they because they don't want to promise them things that they're not interested in because their their interests are not aligned with theirs you know to, to borrow, borrow 
socialist phrases, um, they have a lot of proletariat support, but they're still the bourgeoisie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, like it's. I think it's. Uh, there's a crossover there, and an implication in what you're saying is that like progressive voters, and it's like young voters tend to be indefinitely like, in my experience, like are more progressive, and so like the Democratic Party mm-hmm. is just not interested in courting progressives in general. Is why they're demonized in Congress. This is why the squad is even like called that. That was supposed to be like a derogatory title initially. You know, when they when they first did it. Um, mm-hmm. And like it, it, that's, you know, that, that, that is definitely the function of the party on the national scale. I kind of want to, I want to use this as a segue to kind of talk about, I guess, like the main, the, the kind of main thing I wanted to talk about. And so like in regards to polls, kind of answering the poll question and kind of why they're good, bad or whatever, but also like on demystifying the party sort of situation. So like I've mentioned for a couple of podcasts now that I've been uh, volunteering for the, for the Tarrant County Democratic Party. And this is kind of. Uh, part of a broader effort, uh, uh, not by just me, but by others, uh, to kind of start trying to be more active uh, electorally to, you know, to quote unquote, infiltrate the party, if you want to use a nefarious term, but this isn't nefarious, this is just like doing our civic duty, in, in, in my perspective. Um, it, it's, there's no one doing it. Like, it would be infiltrating if, if there was, you know, a ton of stuff going on. There's very few people doing, they're doing a lot. They're very sweet people uh, here and they're, they're, they're doing a ton and they, and, uh, and so like, I'm going to kind of explain what I've been doing and then what I think you listener is probably very likely that you could do this too for your precinct and maybe even your district because there is a vacant district right now. So uh, for, for the Tarrant County Democratic Party that we're going to have the website for that below, uh, our director for it. Is, is also a member of the DSA and she's a progressive uh, iris and she's amazing. She's super awesome. Uh, saw her and talked to her at the convention with Amber for a little bit and stuff. They've, she's been very helpful with getting me stuff. What I've been doing is doing uh, phone banking as of recently. I did some canvassing and block walking yesterday, putting out literature, uh, doing like lit drops essentially in different neighborhoods, trying to get people out to vote. Uh, what Amber and I both have done is looked, we moved, you know, recently we kind of moved on to the, the west side of town. We're like, okay, we're in a new district. Who's our, you know, who's our city council member, right? Who's our t- state rep? Who's our senator? Like, it's new people. We've been kind of in one, one, on the south side for a while. Uh, and so we uh, realized after kind of in these DSA meetings talking about, you know, trying to, trying to get more involved in the party, uh, that we didn't have a precinct chair. And so the way this breaks down is like for the house district, meaning the Texas House. Uh, there are, I, th- I believe, 10, I think 10 districts here in Tarrant County, uh, 90 through 99, and then like 101 instead of 100. And each one of these has roughly the same population chunk of the county. They're all kind of gerrymandered and cut up differently. Um, and for each district, there's a district coordinator, which is in charge of leading the precinct chairs in the precincts within the district. And I don't know the exact numbers, but there's roughly probably over a hundred, maybe 120, 130 precincts in each district. And so they're all just cut up essentially little neighborhoods. Uh, and ideally you would want a precinct chair in every precinct. And that chair would just organize like the 300 doors, 250 ish doors, 220, whatever doors in their precinct section, neighborhood, what have you. 
Um, and so it's like, it breaks it down this organization level where the, you have this kind of hierarchy structure where it's like, okay, everyone kind of does their own neighborhood. They're guided by the district coordinator uh, and the coordinators then, you know, um, coordinate with each other and kind of plan for the whole county. Uh, when we moved out here, there was no district coordinator for our district, District 99. Um, there apparently hadn't been for a few years because it's a conservative district. It's like the west side all the way to the west end of the county, like Lake Worth, all the way out towards Weatherford, um, edges of Saginaw, and like going north, uh, Azel. And so like it, th there was just no Democrat section running this. There's a couple of precincts with precinct chairs, but no coordinator. Uh, currently, also, if you live on the south side of town, if you live in the Mansfield, Burleson, and Crowley area, District 96 also has no, has no district coordinator. Uh, th and this is a volunteer position that you could take up and essentially say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to help organize. Now, obviously, doing something during this election, like I joined about two months ago and it's there. I kind of came in the middle of this and I, I kind of caught off, got off, you know, very unbalanced, not knowing what I'm doing, trying to get ready for this election. But I've been learning and figuring it out. Amber became the precinct chair for our precinct, which fortunately for us is like literally just our neighborhood. Um, some of these precincts are kind of gerrymandered and drawn crazy. Um, but ours isn't. So it's just like, we just got to walk around the neighborhood, get to know people, uh, and kind of Amber introduces herself. Most precincts don't have precinct chairs. <laughs> and so there's just like, for me, I've got this whole section of the county. I'm on paper. I have like 16 people that I'm working with. Uh, in reality, I have like four, um, because I don't hear from most of them. And again, this is all volunteer. It's everything's volunteer. So the manpower is like very, very limited. The expectation is very, very low. And what I figured out essentially like Amber's job primarily, but me too, our main job when it's not election season is intelligence gathering, <laughs> is <laughs> making sure that our databases of information are accurate and up to date and correct, which they're not, you know, all the phone numbers in the database, like half of them are wrong, half of them are expired numbers or don't belong to the person that it says they belong to. Same for addresses. So when it comes to me, talk canvassing or talking to people or doing lit drops like what i'm supposed to also be doing is updating the system and, and with the information like yes this is that person's house yes this is their address or yes this is their phone number if i'm doing a phone bank or no and like really like to 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 have this all function and work well like you have to have accurate information and so p all of it's based on public record right like your voting records your stuff but people move right people do different things you know all sorts of things happen that data becomes old expired or whatever but it's still in the system uh and so the same to answer the polling question i'll like bring it all the way back around a lot of these people that are being asked a lot of these polling which again they're asking like a thousand or two thousand people and they're extrapolating out uh they're using a lot of unreliable data too like they're maybe not even getting a hold of the people that they're trying to or that they're thinking to it's all the same public information, which is all just really, you know, very disorganized. Um, and so, like, I, I'm just kind of saying all this, like, to demystify and to kind of say, like, Tom, like, Thomas, do you know what you're in Dallas County, right? Is that where Garland is? Yes. So, uh, it's most Dallas. Uh, Garland is right between Dallas County and Collin County. And, yeah, because I don't think it's Texas Rockwall. Maybe a little bit, actually. So do you know what but, house district you, you're in? Like the district I'm in? Like the, for the tech for the state house. Like who your state rep is. Ooh, I did not. Um, so, 
So that it's like that, that's, I guess, the jurisdiction that I'm referring to, because there's so many, right? There's like Senate, there's city council, there's all these different districts, there's all these different precincts. They all change depending on what office you're talking about, which is why it's so friggin' confusing. Um, but that's like the, I guess, the level of the jurisdiction that I'm referring to. It's like your, your house representative. Um, and so as a result, I'm also helping out with the person running for the house. Mimi Coffey is, is our candidate for 99. We talked about her when we did the breakdown, which again, listener, if you, if you are coming in late, uh, or missed an episode or two, or if you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, a couple of episodes ago, we have, a, we have a breakdown of the election candidates for the Democratic Party, and there's a spreadsheet for that. We're going to provide that again. Uh, we, we covered her as well when we did that episode where we did the whole spreadsheet. Um, so because I'm her district coordinator, like me and her, her campaign manager have been coordinating, I've been getting her uh, literatures, signs, all sorts of stuff. And so essentially just volunteering, what, what am I doing? I'm doing intelligence gathering, I'm doing uh, literature, like providing like distribution, I guess, to other precinct chairs uh, and to other volunteers. And then myself using using this stuff, I'm printing off flyers that are, you know, customized for specific precincts. But then here's like the here's like the really OK, that's all cool and good, whatever. Like, so I guess to say, like, if you're wanting to know how can I make a difference, how can I help out? How can I volunteer my community? Like if if you think the Democratic Party winning in Tarrant County yep. is a good thing, which mm -hmm. I, I think it is. And then if we look at how can we make the party, if you're a progressive and you're a part of the party, then by default, mm. therefore, our party becomes more progressive. So like I would already say that the Tarrant County Democratic Party like, is progressive in compare in comparison to like the National Democratic yeah. Party. Um, one thing you guys can do if you're trying to figure out what your precinct is, I just did this. It took me, you know, less than 30 seconds, um, is go to commoncause.org. Um, to answer your previous question, um, my state senator is Nathan Johnson, who's a Democrat. Okay. And I guess my state representative in the House is a Republican named Angie Chin Button. Okay, nice. Well, Thomas, if you want, if you want to take it upon yourself, you know, now that you're over on that side of town, we could get some more coverage with this podcast and you could start covering the people that, that pertain to you. Uh, and we could just broad broadcast, oh, yeah. broadcast that information out and kind of kind of bridge the, the Tarrant Dallas divide. Yeah, uh, I know there's a lot of really you cool know, stuff funny. going on over there. This is one of the first times I've been able to use this and I have actually worked. And this is this is a true story. So I found this out. When I was in my government class, I was living in my dad's house at Farmersville. Um, what I didn't know was I was about half a mile away from like a district line. So there was like conflicting information because there was also a little bit of gerrymandering too about who my state senator was, who my uh, house of representative was. Like I literally ended up like, looking it up i had two different answers because i think there's a little bit of overlap from where that line is so i technically had like two representatives at one point weird yeah and so weird it's really weird you've got with a census you know that every 10 years they they use census data to redraw the lines um yeah but then also you've got the court cases that challenge and overturn those lines and so yeah you can definitely have neighborhoods flip-flop i mean amber and i kind of saw in real like like e experiencing the gerrymandering yesterday when we were walking through our neighborhood um because our precinct it's it we got lucky because ours is like literally just our section of neighborhood like it's like 
four or five blocks like north to south and then like over a couple of streets it's like i don't know it's a good chunk it's like 300 doors or something but there's a there's like a little section of the of our neighborhood that's a little isolated near the trinity trails that's kind of like wait, off wait, wait. By so itself. did you knock on 300 doors yesterday or amber hit like 120 or something last weekend or a God couple before damn. like when does she sleep dude uh n- very you know very seldom <laughs> Uh, so right, we weren't knocking. We, we, we weren't life, knocking. You gotta get her a nap. To you be... gotta force her to take a nap or something, man. <laughs> She's doing school stuff right now. But no, to be clear, we weren't knocking on doors and talking. We were just doing lit drops, essentially using an app. Okay. An app called Van. If if anyone's ever never done canvassing before, essentially what you do is you download an app. You're given a list number by whoever your coordinator or whoever you're working with is, and that list you put that list into the Van app, the minivan app. Uh, and it shows you a map, kind of like Google Maps, and like tells you what doors to hit based on what criteria and what data that list is, is made from. And so like now I know how to use the the software, the, the van software where you create these lists. And so I can cater these lists using different data points. So it's kind of cool. Like, I don't know, the like statistical analytical type of stuff I had to do in my master's program, like is now coming back where it's like, oh, I understand a lot of the statistical data information and I can like run different data sets to get different criteria and then make a list of that and then go knock on those doors, as you say. Uh, but we, we were just trying to give people voting information and to remind them to vote uh, starting Monday, because again, listener tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Monday or I guess today, we're recording this on Sunday, the 23rd, um, early voting starts tomorrow. So uh, we're going to provide information for that as well down below. Click on that. Please go vote early. But sorry, Thomas, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just kind of kept rolling there. No, I was actually done. So you were, you you picked up, you picked up like perfectly where I, where I left off. <laughs> okay. Well, so, oh man, there was like another thing I was going to say. Okay. So here, yeah. So as a precinct chair, maybe, oh, I don't have the time to do all these things. I don't have the time to do this or that. That's fine. That's okay. Check and see if there is a precinct chair for your precinct. And you can go to the county website. I guess I'm going to have to provide the county website. Let me write that down real quick. Uh, and you can check and see what precinct you, you know, what precinct you are, if there is a chair or not, the Democratic Party. I'm going to provide you that website as well. Um, and if there's not, then you should just sign up for it. Even if you can't do anything, even if you don't have any time to devote to it, you should just sign up for it anyway because that at least means there's somebody signed up for it. And and, and what this gives you, again, if you're a progressive, I'm really talking to you, what this gives you is voting power in the the, the county in regards to like snap elections. Um, and I, I feel like I maybe mentioned this. Did we talk about this maybe a month or two ago? Um, cause I experienced one of these and I was like, damn, do you, does this sound familiar Thomas or no? Yeah. I think you briefly mentioned it, but you should go into detail about it now. So we, there's a, there's a candidate that's up for judge John Bender, uh, vote for John Bender. If, if, if he's in your, I don't think he's on this printed door thing. It's, oh, I got his stuff. Hold on. I think I got it right over here. Hold on a sec. Yeah, for, for he's a he's for district judge in the 485th district court. That's what he's running. Uh, cool guy, good platform. Uh, and so I'm glad he's running. I, I hope he wins. He's he's 
uh, a progressive judge, if you want to put it in that terms, like he's definitely for changing, changing stuff and, and being, you know, not hard, tough on crime and locking up more people like that. That's not that's not what he's trying to do. Um, here, I'll read. I'll flip yes, it because everyone needs jail. OK, you're all guilty. Yeah, exactly. Um, the man just just screaming into the night. He's a former defense attorney, uh, f- former district attorney. Um, and so anyways, okay. Oh, so they already don't like him just because he's not a prosecutor. Yeah. That's, a, that's actually a really good point. So, okay. So, okay, cool. John Pender. Cool. Well, how did he become the guy? Well, this position, this judge position became vacant over the summer, uh, after the primaries had taken place. So there was no primary election coming up. There was no time to do or place to do uh, an election to fill. Who's going to be filled this spot? We have to have a primary election for this spot. So what we held was we have these quarterly CEC meetings. The party does if you're a precinct chair. Uh, If you're a precinct chair, you get voting power at these CEC meetings. And at these meetings is where those primaries happen. So ours was online. Essentially, John Bender got five minutes to talk to us and give us his platform on Zoom. And then the his challenger, which I forget her name, uh, had five minutes to do the same. Essentially, this pitch they both pitched us, and like I didn't get wow, to vote. So they actually gave them equal time. <laughs> yeah, they gave. I mean, they're both Democrats, right? They're, growth. They're uh, they're like if this had been like five ten minutes ago, it'd be like, all right, Bender get five minutes. She's gonna get fifteen. Yeah, well, I mean, so this was you know this is the Democratic Party primary. So they're both they're both Democrats, but. Yes, she was like a, cons- a, a, a what I would call like a conservative Democrat or like a really hard, tough on crime Democrat. Um, right. And and this dude wasn't. Uh, and so, you know, I didn't know what this is my first CEC meeting. I didn't know what the room was like. This is online. I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know how they're going to vote, you know, and I don't I can't I don't get voting power because I'm not a precinct chair. Uh, a lot of the House District Coordinators uh are precinct chairs for their precincts but amber and i split the job 50 50 so like amber's the one who gets voting power uh and so she voted for john bender unfortunately john bender won but like that's that's a total that's a position a judgeship that's an elected position where like the people quote unquote like the the at, at large didn't get to vote in his primary but the party did based on whose precinct chairs and how many precinct chairs show up to that meeting. Cause again, it's a volunteer thing. Not every, everybody's got lives. Not everybody's doing everything. So, you know, you have to, I think we have to have at least 60 people at the meeting to like meet quorum, 60, 70 people uh, to even vote on anything. If that many people don't show up, then you can't vote. Uh, and I went in person, Amber and I went in person to the most recent CEC meeting a week ago. Uh, there was no snap election or anything there, but it was in person. And there was about a hundred people there or something. I want to say maybe a little over a hundred. Um, primarily, uh, just to give like a read of, okay, who is in the Tarrant Democratic Party? Like, what is the breakdown? Uh, it's a bunch of women, um, particularly older, but not totally. There were quite a few people, I would say under 35, uh, even some of the leadership, uh, and, you know, racially diverse, I would say. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, we definitely need more representation i think more fort worth representation Mm -hmm. uh you know uh and so like the more people we have active and involved in this the more precinct chairs we have that are representative of fort worth i think that's that's a that's a functioning democracy right like that's if you got equal representation if you got people from all 
all walks of life participating in the political process. That's great. Um, and there's a little bit of that, but I think we need, I think we need more of it. And again, like these people are, are I, I, we went out to breakfast after the CEC meeting and stuff. And like, these people are cool people. I really enjoy working and volunteering with these people. They've all got good hearts. They're all spit volunteering their time. And again, a lot of these people are retired because they have time to volunteer. So they're the ones like doing a lot of the heavy lifting. And I'm, I'm thankful for them for that. Cause I certainly don't have the time to do, you know, as much as this is needed to get done in the position that I took up, but I'm trying to do what I can on top of all the other stuff. But like, if there's more of us out there, like-minded, like, like you, Thomas, uh, and, mm. and, and like me and Amber and like, whatever, if we're all, you know, like this, if we're involved in our county parties at this way, in this level, then we can definitely like sway, sway certain things as, as much as like who we get to vote for. Right. Like even in the primaries in special situations. So I don't know. And it, it and it also teaches you how to organize, like as something, as someone. So, mm. th so Thomas, like, let me ask you this. When you were doing yep. no sleep for justice, no sleep till justice. Um, what, what other organizing experience did you have before that? And like, what inspired you to do that? What did you learn organizationally wise, like from that? Literally, ironically, the only organizational experience I had before that was libertarians. Um, I know I'm not proud of that. I learned the hard way. I mean, Hey, um, one thing I've learned and one thing I really struggle with is just, you know, a lot of things, a lot of people struggle with is just getting everybody together for the same page. Like I'll be on discord mm -hmm. and uh i'll be like all right we're gonna have a meeting monday at 7 p.m right and then people don't show up yeah you get what i'm saying yeah so it can get discouraging when you're the guy trying to run stuff but it's really hard right now because it's literally just like for the most part it's just me like i think i've had like one meeting in the past couple months which i need to jump back on that but like you want to make sure your people are like-minded and motivated um i used to be a guy you know during the pandemic we were on discord all the time because because of rona everything shut down but i think one of the good things to do is make plans to do it in person and the reason i say that yeah. is if you do it online people are gonna write it off right yeah if i do it in person you've got to make more of an effort to show up yes but you're going to be more present when you get there Absolutely. you know um and that's really half the battle you've got to make sure you're surrounding yourself with people who want to be there who are on fire just as much as you if not more so yeah. you know and have a passion about that i think one of the reasons why me and you work so well with the podcast is we're both very passionate about this thing absolutely so we work together if we have to like if we have to record a different day, we dialogue. If one of us needs a mental health day, we talk about that. We address those issues. Um, but a lot of it is, you know, building momentum and keeping that momentum and staying organized. You know, um, another thing is, you know, delegating duties to your team. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. If you see people on your team that do things a little bit better than you, don't be afraid to delegate certain tasks within that realm to them because number one, they'll probably do a better job than you can. Number two, mm -hmm. uh, they're contributing in a capacity that is to their that that is playing to their biggest strengths. 
And a lot of times their biggest strengths can be their biggest passions, you know. And we need to do that more. With the limited, I, I, I take that back. I wasn't just doing stuff with libertarians. Um, when I was really conservative, I did have some Republicans mostly because I was, uh, anyone who knows me knows that I, I consider myself pro-life even though I'm very pro-abortion rights, you know. And and reason being is I've seen the data, the more available you make it over time, the less abortion you're going to have. That's just basic math there mm -hmm. but at the time i was very much you know drinking the republican kool-aid about how this worked so i did notice a lot of things about how they organized um they were more unnoticed versus progressives they were more on point about mentoring younger people and getting things done in specific ways like a lot of the things is they they worked a lot of stuff out um beforehand and you have the system worked now that being said they also being in a republican area for most of the time didn't have as much adversity overcome so they already had built-in apparatuses mm -hmm. so i kind of got a feel of how you can function uh when you've got systems already established in place Another thing I noticed is they were a lot more present on things during non-election years, too. Like, they kept that momentum going. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, one of the things I've noticed with, with you know, Democratic precincts, the ones I've looked at, that's been a really big issue for us, is getting people to get there and be present and show up, you know? Like, the younger generation... I've noticed has like two categories. They're either apolitical all the way or they're super active. And there's more apolitical people than super active people, right? Mm -hmm. With these Republican chairs, you have older people who don't mind feeling there's precincts and they would rather have like, they would rather amend rules to have less vacancies to make sure the work got done. Yeah. And just let that, that precinct sit open. Like, I think that's, one of the the things we're missing out on here and i honestly i think to to an extent that's why we've been failing like beto has a lot of the right ideas with engaging these areas but i've noticed with his organizations like uh i couldn't make it yesterday because i was just so my feet were so worn out from the lamb of god concert but i got a call from you know, one of Beto's guys to see if I could come canvas because he still had my Arlington address, right? Mm. Those guys don't leave me alone. Yeah. Um, we need more of that. We need, and, you know, they had that same energy before Beto even announced he was running. They were just trying to register as many people to vote as possible. Mm -hmm. We need that same presence there all the time because I'm letting you right now know right now, these Republicans do not fucking sleep. All right. Yeah, true. Conservatives ain't sleeping. These Nazis ain't sleeping. Like this Trump stuff, it ain't new. They've been priming stuff since, you know, probably since Reagan, you know, but a lot of the stuff you're seeing now, they've been priming 2012, 2013, 14, 15, you know, like you could see these influencers talking about how we can't trust the government, you know. 
You could see it starting with the Tea Party movement. You could see them starting to get rid of these moderate Republicans, you know, mm-hmm. into this more hyper-partisan rhetoric that got more people energized. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think like, back, bringing it to, like, the organizational sort of thing again, like, I think with... Yeah. With with the conservatism, and I th- I've mentioned this before, like I think it's because of churches, like, and I don't mean that as I don't mean religion, like you could say that too, and that's a that's a different conversation. I just mean like a church as a volunteer hub, essentially, like people who are mm-hmm. part of a church, they're used to and will used to spending time doing things for the church that they're not getting paid for, right? Um, yeah, volunteer labor. Let's do a bake sale. I got to do this, and it's a lot of times moms, but not always, you know, that have time on their hands. And so they're they're doing things helping the church, but also the church is a physical space. It's a property where you can do mm-hmm. political organizing. Like they're, technically, you're not supposed to, whatever, right? But you can, right? Like you can have, you can use these, like you said, networks and these facilities uh, to to organize. And what I mean by that is like have conversations, come up with ideas, brainstorm, think about things, like make things, physically make things, maybe make copies or whatever, right? Um, yeah. And like that's the thing that like. Organ not either nonprofit organizations or just like you know little you know volunteer DIY organizations have trouble with is like finding a place to do things where you don't have to sp- pay money or spend money right uh, and then where you're welcome and then all you know we don't have this weekly sort of thing communal thing where we're getting together on a weekly basis and like you're saying it's hard to get people to show up um, when when you have a, a a deity that's given you a reason. The, to show up then i guess it's that's mm. it's easier to make people to do it right i guess um yeah but like you know and for, it helps yeah. it helps that they that's one of the reasons the republicans courted the evangelical movement so bad because they knew they needed the survival i'll give you another example um you know they've been met, you know combining their politics with their rhetoric for a very long time you know you you hear about these southern baptists you wonder where that southern comes from it's not just regional it literally refers to like uh churches that are baptist that didn't believe in sec that you know believed in segregation mm-hmm. uh probably you know thought slavery was a good idea just a lot of these racist aspects of it right but they were cultural identifiers okay mm-hmm. um these same cultural identifiers were later used by the Republican Party to stay relevant in the 70s. So now they've all kind of like come together. You know? Yep. It's, and that's something we need more yeah. on it, on the left is because we don't... We've got more diversity, which is good. But there's also a challenge for unity. You know, getting everybody on the same page. You yeah. know? I want to frame it this way too. It's it's uh, it's not a one to one comparison, but it's the same problem. So d- democracy versus authoritarianism, uh, and you can mm-hmm. you can take right being the authoritarian extreme. If you know we've never seen true pure democracy, right? But if you want to take that egalitarian as the left as the left perspective, um, uh, you know we it, it's easy to be authoritarian. It's it's simple. There is no BS. There is no you just the leader says something gets done, do something, and it gets done. Uh, but in, on the, you know, in democracy, we have to have meetings and we have to delegate and we have to discuss and we have to debate and we have to vote and we have to like take all these times and argue all these points and like make sure, and it, it's, it's inefficient. It's like inherently inefficient. 
<laughs> and so like that's <laughs> just, uh, that's you know a, a difficulty for the side doing the things on the left it's also for the arguments like we see the world as a complicated web of systems that are broken and corrupt and need either dismantling or, or repair depending on which ones we're talking about and like that's complicated you almost need require a certain level of education and understanding to even like view the world in that way but like the conservative view the republicans perspective is very simple very very simple and very you know easy to digest and understand and to argue and it's you know that's just another kind of difficulty that we experience so okay to kind of i don't want to just harp on all the difficulties but like just to kind of frame it in that way i'm hoping listener like you you listen to this podcast because like you want to try and do something how can i make a difference like a being informed and listening and educating yourself about the local you know political situation in your community who to vote for that in itself is like making a difference right like be the change um right but, but then like in addition to that like what can i do so we were i was talking about the tarrant county democratic party thomas was you know talking about his experience with various like libertarian things but then no sleep till justice as well you have uh you know the 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 mutual aid organizations here in town that are offering to help like people in a direct action sort of way like a person-to-person -person sort of way um right but then you have like all these individual campaigns, right? Like I've helped the Beto campaign in 2018. I'm not doing it this year. I've helped the, the Bernie Sanders campaign in 2020. And it's the same skill set. It's the same process of organization where we're getting meetings, we're having you volunteer and doing things. It's the same type of things where you're going out and talking to people, educating them, informing them. A lot of times informing them on things that they want to know about. Um, and just trying to get people to be active. And then like, as again, like I said, like gathering information and that's the downside of these small organizations. Like same thing when Amber and I were working with, uh, you know, we, we started working back in like 20, I think 15 with like with Wolfpack and have kind of been doing various things with various organizations since. And a lot of these small organizations, kind of like you, Thomas saying, it's like very hit or miss on how organized things are. Mm -hmm. There's also like ego is just a big part of it for some people and there it's hard some some things meetings that we've been a part of there isn't a lot of space or room for like new ideas if it's coming from anybody except uh you know the couple of people who feel like they're running things uh and 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 then the information the infrastructure the the knowledge and the 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 data like there's not any because there is no infrastructure it's just a handful of small people trying to do the best that they can and so to me, like uh, in my journey of doing this stuff, actually working with the Tarrant County Democratic Party is going like, oh, like this is how it's supposed to work if there's money for it, if there's funding, if there's infrastructure. And like it's by no means perfect, but it's like by far the most efficient and best well-run volunteer thing that I've done in the seven or eight years or so that I've been doing it. Uh, and it's like, weird and so like to, to 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 the listener like what should i do to help i would say do any of those things but doing something but like being a precinct chair for instance like like doing that we need people to sign up to do that um we'll teach you like it's a great way to learn how to do all of these things that where you can do stuff in other organizations and be of use where you can maybe even perhaps be in leadership because you've done stuff before a lot of times in these small organizations you have a handful of people who have experience and a lot of other people who just want to help and do good but they don't know what to do because they don't have the experience and so like just by being right. a part of something and getting that experience thus makes you useful and valuable later to go teach more people um, you gotta get those reps in, man. Exactly. Like that's one. Of, that's one of the things. Like, you know, you spoke about working with Bernie. 
Um, I'm going to be straight up. Bernie Sanders should not be anywhere near the Senate right now. Okay. He is what you call grassroots uh, campaigner to the max. Okay. He's probably one of the only politicians in there that's actually gone in and, and actually earned it. You know what, I'm, what I mean? Yeah. He's been consistent for 40 years in his political rhetoric. Like you can go back. And, and he's, had, he's had to be time. like com- super organized. Like that's the thing with progressives that that is good you know we've been talking about how you know i almost feel like the way we've been, i've been talking about some republicans versus democrat organizers is you know people on the left are gonna feel disheartened um that is one of the things i have noticed about progressives is the really really successful ones are so much more organized than anybody else okay yeah. they spin more efficiently because they have to because like Honestly, like if you if you, I don't know if you know this or not, if a progressive candidate wins, um, they can have a budget that's about a third the size of whoever their competition is and still win. If their competition spends about five times as much, they'll win most of their races. Usually, competition their competition has to spend uh, you know about ten times as much to guarantee that they'll beat these progressives because mm-hmm. that's how far that's how much more progressives are organized, right? And that's what you want to, that's where you want to get. That's where your model needs to be is to a point where they have to exhaust an exorbitant amount of resources just to compete with you. Yep. You know? Yep. And that, that volunteer manpower is like an invaluable resource. Like if you've got money, great, you can do all sorts of things with it. And that's obviously mm -hmm. what really at the end of the day makes or break it, which is why our system's broken. It shouldn't, right? No, that that manpower right there is the secret to the sauce. Yeah, it really is. And that, that comes from like, you know, being out on the streets, being seen and being a part of your community, being known, Mm -hmm. being helpful, whether that's through your works and through your actions or whether that's through, you know, just by like your support and just who you are as a person, what you're doing. And so like, there's, there's a million different ways to do this. I think for you artists out there, for you musicians out there, like using your art, using your creativity, your your writing, your whatever, right? Like using that to influence these ideas and behaviors is such an important thing because it does have an impact that's diff, that's, I would say, more impactful than doing like what we're doing right now, like having a political podcast. Like, obviously, I think this is important. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it. But this is for certain types of people are going to are going to be inclined to seek out and consume this type of information um but most people consume you know art culture whatever right music movie television whatever books um games right and so like if you're a creative and you have these ideas like like bring these ideas into what you create uh because that's how you're going to impact the world too um so yeah yeah i don't know what do you think of that what do you think of that thomas you still working on some music kind of at an impasse around there right now because uh i had to sell my guitar that that uh, it's been heartbreaking for sorry, me dude. i know i know i had to i had to pay rent which sucks yeah, I feel not you know because i i had that accident and then my car went out for a while but i am working on getting my stuff back and getting back in there because it is it's an important thing for expression for me um you know yeah music is Music is the universal language. Like a lot of people don't think, you know, music has a place in politics. And to those people, I have to ask them, are they stupid? Because music is a reflection of culture. Culture is political. Okay. 
like there were so many like union songs that got sang. Like when my grandfather died, they didn't sing church hymns. They sang union songs since he's awesome. a union organizer, right? It's awesome. Um there's also bands like, you know, more famous ones like Rage Against the Machine. Oh yeah. Like which by the way, I I'm still not over how many fucking uh Conserv- conservative giga chads you know got upset because they found out tom morello was like a socialist or something I know. you know like, did like you how even... did you not <laughs> how did you not know until now like this guy's on stage with a, like a che Guevara, Guevara shirt you know what i'm saying like doesn't yeah. or like take punk rock a lot of punk rocks political political when all these these neo-nazis started showing up again it was the punk rock bands that were like stopping their their yep. sets and you know yep. fighting these guys. Um, you know, there's there's even more modern bands like uh, Bad Cop, Bad Cop, Anti Flag, uh, Flag, uh, Pussy Riot. Pussy Riot's been doing a lot of shit, dude. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, really like you want to talk about messing with fascists? Those are the people who do do it, you know. And you can even go to other genres like. Uh, Go listen to like old school country. I don't mean like commercialized country. I mean like the Appalachia country. Oh yeah, Joe Hill and Woody Guthrie and yeah, I guess that's folk. Even guess some not technically country. Yeah, even yeah. some of the like the Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash songs will talk about political stuff or you know their their human condition and how you know some you know there's a clear divide with people. That's political too. So like, art is the expression. Yep. Of, of of culture so you really need that because that's how you influence things that's how you make it happen yep you know if you get really good at it what you're going to do is you're going to end up having a platform to be able to advocate for other things you know yep and that's that's important too you can use it for good or evil you know willie nelson's been using this platform for progressive cause, causes for you know decades now and then there's the whole uh yay shit, you know <laughs> so like be be responsible here yeah man because like, you can get lost in your sauce you know really easily i mean that's but, uh, I, I think that's a yeah that's a that's an that's a, an anomaly it's a corner case you're always gonna have have that guy somewhere I don't yeah know. don't Sorry. don't be that guy don't, yeah, don't be, be the guy. uh What's his name? God, he was. He's on trial right now in Wisconsin. He like ran into like a parade of people. Oh uh, God. Don't be that guy. I don't know. Don't don't even say his name. Daryl, don't say that guy. Don't even say that. Daryl, that's the thing. Uh, this guy's this guy's insane. If you need some short screen product, like just go look it up. Don't don't be like that guy either. Like no no your shit. Like don't be don't be stupid. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, so you you sent uh, this thing. I, I missed it, so I'm glad that you caught this. I want to talk about this before we before we wrap up. The uh, the mayor and uh, and partners, local partners, seeking emergency help for homeless families. Um, oh my god! Um, yeah. In in a, in, a, in a bit of news that should surprise absolutely nobody. Yeah. Um, Fort Worth. Currently has a really really big um, homeless problem. Um, apparently, there are forty poor person homeless shelters, or there are forty family homeless shelters just aren't cutting it. 
Um, that would be because there's about 1,200 homeless people in Fort Worth. Uh, yeah, on paper. Um, yeah. On paper, right? So it's probably closer to fifteen hundred if I was if I was to guess. Yeah. Um it's also important to note that when Betsy Price was mayor, we had this previous regime of people in the city council, which so glad most of these people are gone. Um Seth and Zeta, I'm not glad she's gone. Yeah. Shout out Ann Zeta. Um they voted on using COVID funds to renovate some of the homeless shelters in mm-hmm. Fort Worth and Betsy Price and Carrie Moon overnight amended the proposal. Oh my God. To where 50% of the, they cut 50% of the funding. <sighs> Cause I think some of the other shelters needed more renovations than others. So their argument was they could cut 50% of the funding in half and uh, they could cut the funding in half and still help like 70, you know, still have 70% of the impact or something by their numbers. Um, it's also worth mentioning that uh, in addition to the Fort Worth, you know, uh, Police Officers Association, Betsy Price's other largest donor is the Fort Worth Realtors Association. Mm. Um the reason that's significant is these realtor associations are usually the people that are, you know, fighting efforts to end homelessness, make more homeless shelters, you know, rent control housing, that kind of thing. Basically, they'd rather you, you be homeless if they can't take your money. That's that's our old realtors association association's game. Yeah. So they cut funding, right? So they didn't have the support to do what was suggested, and Betsy Price's uh, argument for that was that people in the other social classes needed the money too. Um, anyways, fast forward now. <laughs> now Mayor uh, Maddie Parker is having to deal with the fallout of that. Um, I'm just going to read the article right here. Um, you can find this on FortWorth.gov. The title of the article is Mayor Partners Seek Seek uh, Mayor Comma Partners Seek Emergency Help for Homeless Families. Um, the number of homeless families in Fort Worth has reached critical level, levels and city, county, and Tarrant County homeless coalition leadership are acting swiftly to address the issue. Street out, outreach workers report significant numbers of families seeking shelter for the first time, according to the T- TCHC and Directions Home. The City of Fort Worth unit that coordinates housing services and resources for homeless families. Shelters have surpassed capacity, and community leaders fear the situation could worsen. Um, their fears are confirmed. It's going to get worse. It could, I don't know how to could, tell you guys. It this. could worse. Perhaps, or perhaps our full shelters yeah. could get worse. Yeah. Evaldi could have been worse, right? Like oh, the no, f- my God. God. Yeah. Oh, sorry. To better address the situation, Fort Worth Mayor Maddie Parker coordinated a meeting of stakeholders and partners to talk about immediate ways to approach the situation. I guarantee that was mostly land developers. Like, I can, it's like, it's probably land developers and like rental people and then like two or three community organizers. That's, yeah, stake, that's what stakeholders. the organizers were kind of, were literally just there to say they could. By the way, Fort Worth also, uh, has several golf courts that taxpayer dollars go to subsidize. Mm-hmm. 
so golf is cheaper but uh we can't afford homeless stuff right we can't we can't afford that okay part of what make it make sense i'm sorry i'm really mad about this Part of what was shared with the group included the fact that the number of families experiencing homelessness have been rising since April, and an expected slowdown in mid-September never came. Yeah, that never came because uh, realtors decided that, so that since they could evict people, they're gonna. Exactly. Rising rents, yeah. Rising rents coupled with the elimination of the eviction moratorium and federal rental assistance are among several factors for the rise in family homelessness. From July through September, an average 162 families were homeless at any given time in Tarrant and Parker counties. Of that, 138 families, or 85%, were in Fort Worth. Um, another thing about homelessness, um, about 70% 70 per, 70 of the people, just on average, uh, when you find homeless people, are going to be individuals. About 30% of them is going to be families. Mm -hmm. So if we've already got 100, you know, 162 families that are homeless, you have to think, you know, there's that many more homeless individuals. Yeah. Yep. And families is, is vague. I mean, you can have families of four, five, right? Um, yeah. So that, yeah. Well, like, like, like we were saying earlier, the estimates are like 1,200 people. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Lauren King, CHC's executive director, was a member of the group Parker Convened. This is a stark contrast to COVID, King said. Now, for us, it really feels like we have a lot of families in our community who really were perhaps on the edge or doubled up and living with relatives and their family members are also on the edge. They can't make ends meet anymore. Parker King and Tarrant County leadership are investigating numerous potential solutions to the issues, including one idea that could involve buying a property that could be quickly used as a shelter and later converted to permanent housing. Um, hmm. I think this is ironic because I know of several people who have tried um, to do like tiny houses in Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. We've got, I, I, we, and, we covered that a few, I don't know, yeah. six months ago or something. Yeah. And it's been nothing but opposition. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, oh, man. so this, uh, yes, the, the, uh, the thing is, and like, and again, this comes back to the, the ideological divide of like, do you think people are good or bad? Um, I talked to, uh, uh Thomas, by the way, I'm going to have a, a bonus episode coming out here pretty soon. Uh, next week, uh, I did an interview with, with, uh, Nathan Kreitz Heron from the DSA and, and we talk about the same sort of issue Ooh. on that interview. Um, and like this, this divide of like, are people good or, or, and if you think people are inherently bad, then you look at these, these homeless people as just nuisances, um, and just not worthy of helping these people. These people deserve to be in the streets. Um, and so like, of course you're going to be mad that what homeless people were building a shelter for homeless people. There doesn't need to be help. We don't need to be spending money on helping these people, you know, <clears throat> these people essentially, right? Like is the, is the attitude of, of a oh. lot of these conservatives. They don't even really oh, care. That, well, it's not just conservatives either. Like I have a friend on Facebook and I, I tore into them because basically their whole thing, because they live in, I think they live in LA, you want to say, but their whole thing was complaining about like, how there's all this trash in the side of all these homeless people and stuff, and how they had to look at it. I'm like, motherfucker, that's their property. Like, they live there. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry that you have to see this eyesore. They're suffering. Yeah. 
have some have some compassion, well, have some empathy. But then to me, it's like it, it, it begs a bigger question. I don't know if begs the question is the right word. Maybe I'm misusing that. I know that people get mad, but people use it wrong. Um, it, it brings up the question or it should like, it, OK, if America is the best country in the world, America, ah, Eagle Claw, if we're so awesome, if we're Eagle as awesome Claw. as we say we are. Uh, and we live in a society. We're the greatest country in the world. We are the richest country in the world. Like we are uh, currently. Might not be for much longer, but currently. Um, can't we, shouldn't we provide for everybody here? Like isn't, if we are this, the shining city on the hill, right? That we want the beacon of, of, of mm-hmm. whatever. The, like if we're that, then we should be, everyone here should be taken care of. I think. Uh, and, yeah. if, and if and if and we're not doing that, then what's the going thing. on? Yeah, here's the thing: America is like a third is like a third world country right now, with like an an elite upper class. Because if you look at most of the wealth, ninety percent of that wealth is one of the top ten percent. And even with just that ten percent, we have enough to take care of everyone in this country. We do absolutely, absolutely. And like when it comes to solutions for this, like I'm just going to throw out some proposed solutions. Like, yes, you, we should just build more housing. Like, and what I mean by more housing, like not houses, but like more places for people to live, either cheap, very, very cheap, or free housing, like for people who need it. We shouldn't have 168 mm-hmm. families or whatever. 100, we shouldn't have, they shouldn't be homeless. Like, if we live in the richest country in the world, if we live in such a great state, if we live in such a great yeah. city, they shouldn't be homeless. They should be provided for, taking like, care of, getting help, getting services. Getting well, I'll give you an idea. I work, I work in Dallas, Dallas, right? I do Uber Eats and everything. University Park and Highland Park are, are two of the richest areas in there. I think they're actually their own cities, but it's basically Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. I can draw five minutes in any direction and find homeless people. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think there a lot of people... should not be that disparity. Yeah. Not you shouldn't be having opulent wealth and, abs- and abject poverty. Within the same zip code. I mean, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's just, a, that's an example of capitalism. And you can look around the world and see that, right? You can go to Mumbai and see billionaires skyscraper apartments, like mm-hmm. right next to, you know, you know, just hovels essentially. And you can see the same thing in San Francisco or see the same thing here in Fort Worth, right? We, we see the same thing here on more part, like all over town. Now it used to be kind of just in certain parts of town and now it's everywhere. Um, and like the, another, another solution. So again, like if you're, if you're not empathetic, if you are like, you know, screw these people, I don't care about them. Then maybe like the fiscal argument will be more, uh, appealing to you. Like it costs a lot of money to have to deal with and provide, um, to, you know, people needing all of these sorts of things, spending particularly police resources rounding these people up and pushing them out and doing x mm-hmm. y or z and then they end up at jps because of x y or z because people need to be taken care yeah. of because of health issues right and then the city or the county has to pay for the county i suppose has to pay for all of that medical care at jps and so this this uh, what my my point that i'm getting at is universal basic income this is why you just give people money because it's actually cheaper if you just give people like a thousand dollars a month and they can like pay their rent and they can like get up off their feet and get an apartment, get a house, get a job, save up money, get a vehicle, you know, all of those things. Like if people are taken care of, then they take care of themselves. Then they don't end up being a quote unquote, you know, drag on the system or a leech or whatever. Right. It's actually just cheaper. If you just on the front end, 
help people out. I encourage if you like, I encourage you. If this is a new idea to you, uh, check out Rutger Bregman's Utopia for Realists. It explains it very, very well. It's a fantastic book. Um, it that like U UBI works, Universal Basic Income works, and Andrew Yang ran on it for his presidency, not for no reason. I, as much as I'm not that big of a fan of Andrew Yang, especially now. Um, he's a data driven guy and the data is behind UBI yeah. and, and like even Martin Luther King Jr. back in the sixties was, was arguing for this before he died, mm -hmm. before he was murdered. And like, here's, here's the thing that we need. The other thing is these social safety nets will actually boost the economy because you're not going to have the yes. one you can get, we can get away with lower taxes to an extent, because honestly, it's going to be cheaper to run these programs than what we're doing now. Yes. And they're going to help a lot more people. But number two, all those people, are potential contributors to society. You know, 100%. some of them just need, you know, some education. A lot of them need uh, mental health resources and other health resources. When you give them what they need, they will contribute in other fashions to this economy. And if like, I'm going to use Nathan, use this phrase, I'm going to try and start using this phrase more. And this is why people need socialism. If you want to use UBI as socialism, or if you want to use free housing, as socialism mm. um it's because it's the liberation of humanity at liberation meaning freedom meaning you are free to do things you're free to survive and live and hopefully thrive right in the system but mm. if the system has abandoned you then you are not free if you're living in the streets you're not free right we are no. not free until all of us are free and so like that right. that's why it is the liberation of humanity it's providing and making sure everyone's taken care of so we all have the freedom to do what we want to do with our lives yeah. but we if we're stuck and you're gonna get a lot you're gonna get a lot of people push back and be like well you know i didn't have all this why do they get that and it's like well you didn't have the government there but i can guarantee you every single person saying that had someone else who was an economic safety net they they either had parents who could take care of them yep. they had friends who were willing to put them up yep. they had resources that these people didn't have access to yep i i i'm yeah i i got i'm it. sick <laughs> i'm sick and tired of all of these people who have like good health insurance and like a 70k a year salary job right and who sit there and complain about other people who didn't go as far as them but when you look at their background, they usually they usually went to like a nice high school and had parents helping them out with college. Yep. When these homeless people didn't have any of that, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yep. these people didn't even have a ground floor compared to you. And like, and maybe some of them did have that, right? And like, things are so bad at this yeah. point where like, that's not even the case. Or, I mean, here's, you know, there's so many things, and I know everybody knows this. Like, there's so many things that happen with family. There's so many things that can people yeah. people passing away, people moving, people getting divorced, whatever. Your safety nets don't always survive. Like most Toxic people are like one things. or two bad things away from ending up like the homeless. Yes, people. absolutely. And like I was getting into it with my dad about this. Like I love you, dad, if you're listening. But like we were kind of going back and forth a while ago on, you know, in uh, rugged individualism essentially, like picking yourself up by your bootstraps being responsible for your actions and Which, like working. by the way the, the whole picking yourself up by your bootstraps was actually a connotation to demonstrate the impossibility of doing yeah, something like you can't that. do it it's impossible to pick yourself up off the ground like gravity won't <laughs> let you do that uh that's a great point thomas thank you for pointing that out yeah it's and so but this is you know this this idea that if you just work really hard 
and you strive, you know, to be the best or whatever, you'll, you'll see fruitful results. Um, and like, that's what my grandfather believed. And he, it was an immigrant, you know? And so like, and he made a better life for himself. And my dad's a benefactor of that better life. And so my dad worked hard and my, and, and did all of those things. And he made a better life for me and my brother. And so like, he, you know, he just buys into that perspective. And, and he was trying to tell me that I am same thing. Like now I, you know, I got my bachelor's and I got my master's, even though I was like in my mid thirties when I got them. And, and, and now I'm a teacher and Wait, I'm, how I'm are doing you, good. How old are you now? I'm 38. What? You didn't know that? Dude, I've been sitting here thinking you were like 32 this whole time. Like, <laughs> no. I'm over here 30 yeah. feeling like crap. Like I still have to get my bachelor's. And I'm like, this guy's over here with like a master's degree. I'm like, damn, I need to. I feel a lot better now. Like, yeah, I know. It took me 13 years to get my bachelor's. No, yeah, I, I I went back to school when I was 26, um, and I I didn't finish till 2017. 20, yeah, got my bas my my bachelor's in 2017, and my master's in 2018. But anyways, like so, yeah, okay, yes, I'm finally in a stable point in my life. I got a crap a mountain of student loans I got to pay off. But yes, I'm I'm good. I'm married now. I have a spouse. We're looking forward to our future. We're trying to build a future. Yes, great, great, All, cool. Um, and my dad's trying to tell me that, that that's me. I did that. You know, you did that. The, the little Joe Biden thing. And I was like, no, like you did that. <laughs> like I was lucky yeah. enough to have you pick me up when I was on my ass and broke. You know, I got to I moved in with my parents after I dropped out of school. Like my, I was lucky enough to have my parents pay for college the first time around. So I could make the mistakes. So I could learn from my lesson and pick myself up in my thirties. Right. Like that was a privilege, right. like that whole thing. If I was from any other family or if my parents weren't divorced in the way mm -hmm. that they are divorced and married to people they married, right. Like so many different things could have happened. Like I maybe wouldn't have gone to college in the first place or like when I did drop out would have never gone back, you know? Um, and then you've got like people who like, have parents were in prison and stuff, then people get surprised when that kids end up doing the same thing. It's like, 100%. look at where they started. And here's here's what I love. You have people like you who are self-aware of this stuff, right? And you probably, the ironic part is you've probably done more to, to get yourself through through stuff than you're giving yourself credit for. But you've got motherfuckers <laughs> right now unironically being like, I did this and their parents pay for college. Yes. And exactly. They were one of those good old boys. You know what I'm saying? Like and never struggled with anything for anything a day in their life. You know, check check your privilege, right? Like just recognize what you've got and understand that like not everybody has that. And again, if we're building a society, it should always come back to that question when we're talking about government. Like that's that's the, that's the point of government. If we're building a society, like then should we build it fair? Like that's one of my things. I hated it. I don't remember if you felt this way, Tom. I don't know if you felt this way when you were young. When I was like, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, whatever, I hated it when people were just like, life's not fair. You know, like I I I get it. Like I know, I know, I understand that that's the case, but the fact that like people relish in telling kids that truth um dude all these old people like i was always taught respect your elders yeah um i'm gonna be straight up some of these elders are about to catch some hands <laughs> like i'm sick of it dude like i'm so fucking sick of it for a number of reasons like fucking I, i'm i'm a, i'm i 
like here's where I'm at right now, where like I'm jokingly suggesting we eat Jeff Bezos and everything, but I'm also like not saying we shouldn't get rid of the old people while we do it. No, I don't want to be ageist. You know? I don't want to be. I mean, there's plenty of there's plenty of old lefties out there, right? Like I don't know. Listen, listen, listen. The the Spartans might have been onto something. No, it's not go down the eugenics path. No. <laughs> No, not I know not you're for joking. the stable people, but for the for, for the old people that they might have had a good idea. No, no, maybe. I don't know. I can't. Just I maybe. Can't, I can't. All right, I'll that. I'll compromise. We can keep we can keep like I'll give you like Dolly Parton and Bernie Sanders. The rest of these motherfuckers have to go. Okay. And okay. Willie Nelson. We're keeping Willie Nelson. We're Willie Nelson gets to stay. Man, what was I? I was there was one more point I wanted to make, and now it's, it's escaped. I'm me. sorry. That's okay. I'm what sorry. was I? What was I talking about? Like one minute ago? Do you remember? I don't know. And, uh, and it's gone. And yeah, we were on this like we we both got on this rant about like how we okay. You were saying when you're like 13, you hated it when people uh, yes. were like, yes, not fair. Life's not fair. That's right. And I just wanted to finish that thought. So if we're building a society, right? If we live in a society, if we're building one, we should build a fair one. <gasps> oh my God. What How we should like make life fair, you. dude. Make it fair, dude. If we're making it, make it fair. Like what the listen, fuck, dude? Listen, listen, it's bad enough that we get my rights and I can't own people. <laughs> more, but now you want this to be fair. That's fucking preposterous. I'm more of a person than they are because my bank account's bigger. <laughs> and then I know, I know, and I know people are going to be like, well, what's fair? Everyone's fair is different to everybody. Like, whatever. I get, I, I hear you. But, you know, this is uh, equality. You think if right? I, equality. You think if I unironically cosplayed like that, like I decided just to sell out, like, like you know, uh, CEO or ben shapiro and just i'm not saying her name because it's, it's square word as far as i'm concerned <laughs> but like if i just not unironically saying that shit on tiktok it's all got canceled and ended up on rumble i mean listen if andrew tate can make himself blow up by by saying stuff like that i could just you know just take the dog whistle off i'm pretty sure i get people unironically supporting me thank you you know what i'm you, saying i think you're not wrong unfortunately i think that's, I think that's true <laughs> i think you nailed it <laughs> why can't i own people yeah i mean that's that's Where why the have, right? that's the whole property thing right why the government's gonna take my property um good because they did um and they made it people and thank thank thankfully that's a good thing that's i'm glad that happened um i have had i have had people unironically try to like it in the particular sect of Judaism that I'm like, I'm not really in anymore. Like I was only in it for a little bit because like my nephews, their dad was in it and I was trying to make sure, you know, someone didn't do a murder. Um, Fair. But I have had people, yeah, I have had people on a rock, on a sit down and try to justify slavery to me. And it's, it's the greatest thing when I just sit there and I won't even say anything insulting and I'll be like super not. Well, just destroyed their argument, and then all of a sudden, like, no one wants to be around. <laughs> That's uh, because I'm just ruining their day. Yeah, well, good, good for challenging their ideas. I think it's important to do that to people. Like, obviously, we don't want to like 
jeopardize ourselves or our important relationships in our lives. But I think it is important to like call things out, you know, especially when it's bad things. Well, but even like if you hear someone say something that this is wrong, like tell mm -hmm. them, like talk, have a conversation. Well, like about a lot of time. To what, do what always, what always surprises me is how people mistake culture for religion, you know, hmm. like what do you mean? Getting back to my home. Well, I'll give you an example. Um, in my hometown, the two biggest churches are the are the First United Methodist Church and the Baptist Church. At least when I was growing up, right? Mm -hmm. The Baptist Church's pastor is the current president of the Southern Baptist Convention, right? Mm -hmm. The one of the pastors that were that was the pastor of the United Methodist Church when I went there is currently the the head pa the senior pastor at the. Uh, First United Methodist Church in Oaklawn and Dallas, which is where the Gaberhood is. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you look at when you look at both both denominations, religiously, there's really only a few things they differ on, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Culturally, both there's a really really big schism. Yeah, like there's Black Baptist and there's not Baptist churches. In that city, when that city got there, I, I, when that church got there, like a long ass time ago, I had to look at this, this history again. But I'm pretty sure the Methodist church there was one of the primary factors of of that church. They they doled out more money than the other Baptist church did mm. because that Baptist church had mostly black people in it. You know, interesting. It's a cultural thing. So, like within my vein of of Judaism. And it was messy actually you had people there who were really there for the culture you know they were like yeah i see yeah they were trendy christians basically they're christians who thought christmas was a little too pagan that kind of stuff you know um but they didn't follow all of the teachings involved in that because it's more of a cultural thing than a religious thing for them. Yeah. No, yeah. That 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 yeah. makes sense. And I think it's that I think that's the thing, the culture yeah. what you what you're referring to is like the cultural side of it. Like that I think is what people identify with. Um, and like maybe we believe the ideology, like maybe we believe the ideas, but I like the clothing people are wearing and I like the conversations that we're having. And I like the community that I feel. And we here. like these big revivals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like, the like the vibe, right? Yeah. Like it's like I like I like the vibe of this. Maybe I'm not 100% drinking the Kool Aid, but we, you know, we're we are social creatures. We need community, um, and that's mm -hmm. why rugged individualism is wrong, and that's why the American dream of like making it out for yourself is 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 wrong because there is no I and team, right? This is we're a society. <laughs> There's all of us here. We all have to work together. There is no just like, you. I'm sorry. Oh, if you ever if you ever want to piss off a libertarian, ask them what happened with the Articles of Confederation. Like, why are we under the Constitution now? What what happened? <laughs> what happened to that League of Franchise? Yeah, that's what a happened? really good. That's a good bootstraps, point. my man. Yeah. Bootstraps. Okay, I think I think we've 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 beat our horse dead enough uh, at this point. Um, I, I I hope listener that that oh that's real okay real quick before we before we 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 come out I'm just gonna run down the list please 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 vote vote tomorrow or sometime this week 
early voting is going to be starting. Oh, I pulled up the, hold on. I was going to read this little liner from the, the Democratic Party website. Where did it go? Ah, I've always got too many tabs open. Uh, it's It's this one. It's, there it is. Um, October 24th through the 28th, that's Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. at your, your precinct. At, and again, because of the new law in Texas, you can vote at anywhere. You don't have to vote in your precinct like you used to. You can just vote at any, any voting polling place. Um, uh, if you need to know where, there's a voter lookup that you can look up in the Tarrant County. You can also go to BetoForTexas.com, and they've got a, a link that'll show you where. Um, October 29th, which is Saturday, 7 to 7, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., October 30th, next Sunday, the polls are open from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, and then next week, the 31st through the 4th, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., off on the weekend. And then November 8th, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. That's election day is November 8th. So everything's coming bring up. Your, bring your friends to vote, too. Yeah, bring bring your friends. Make a, make a plan with your friends. We're doing that. We've got some friends who are wanting to vote, uh, and we're, we're all going to ride together. Uh, we're going to hang out. It should make it a thing. One thing I'm super excited about, uh, Fort Worth ISD made it a holiday for the teachers and for the students. No, no, no students work. I'm sorry. No school on election day on November 8th. I'll just say it like that. Um, well, good on you. That is, yeah. that is, I did not have that on my bingo card. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't. I that came out of the blue. It was just a nice surprise to get. I didn't expect that. Um, vote, I, you know, I, I, this is kind of, this kind of goes against why we do the podcast. Obviously in the primary season, we want you to vote for your, your, your policies and your ideas that you value. But for this election, please vote blue the entire way down the ballot, because this is a very, very important election. It is kind of crucial that Democrats either win or just hold on to and maintain whatever right. they have here in, in, in Texas and in Tarrant County. Like when I say the Republicans are going full Nazi fascist yeah. that is not hyperbole unfortunately this is yeah and again like Ma manny ramirez this is getting pretty fucked up yeah it's bad and oh, i'm he, sorry but yeah, no i mean he just said manny ramirez yeah so that we I thought we weren't allowed to <laughs> you know a psychopath well, we weren't allowed to curse on here yeah we, yeah we've yeah. talked so much crap about that dude as the fort worth poa chief or head or whatever the president of the poa he's running for one of the commissioners mr super pack himself yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, we don't want him to win and, and have power in the county, oh, superseding Fort Worth, right? This is bigger than Fort Worth. This is all Tarrant County. Having power at the county level. Mm -hmm. We don't want Tim O'Hare, who was more crazy than Betsy Price, which, like, now in retrospect, like, doesn't, didn't seem that bonkers. Certainly wasn't a fan. But, like, <clears throat> Tim O'Hare's way worse. And he's running for for commissioner. So, or for, uh, for which county judge, which, again, is not a judge, which is, like, the mayor of the county. Uh, so please, please, please vote yeah. for Deborah Peoples instead. Um, that would be better. And then uh, I'm blanking on the third county seat. Do I have it in front of me? Do I have it? Yes, Alicia Simmons and and Cedric Cayenne. Kai Kenyon. Man, damn it! I'm sorry, Cedric. Kanyenda. There we go. Cedric for precinct four and Alyssa Simmons for precinct two for county commissioner. Please vote for both of them if those are if they are in your precinct. Um, if you get to uh yeah vote blue please please let's see and then next time we get together will be after the election i believe or what maybe it's the sunday before the election yeah so um we'll have to cover once we get the results we'll recover it we'll cover it on that podcast so awesome 
Well, Thomas, you got anything to uh, anything yeah, left? Yeah, especially for us? vote for that person in precinct two because I was gonna say especially vote for that person in precinct two because it looks like that is the seat that Devin Allen is vacating. I don't know why she's doing right. that. That's it's right. making me sad. Um, but she is. Um, but yeah, go out, vote, bring your, bring your friends out to vote. Um, and then after you vote, you know, do some community organizing, get some people, people together, go door to door, you know, vote yep. early and then, you know, mobilize people. If you live, if you, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. If you go to a person, you know, in person and try to get them to vote, they are more likely to show up to the polls. A hundred percent. And like, even like help your, help your grandma out. Like if she needs a ride or something, you know, like your grandpa or whoever, yep. if, if you got a family member that doesn't have a ride, uh, give them a ride and y'all go together and vote. Um, everybody help out. If you are a listener and you live in the Northwest quadrant of, of Tarrant County, if you live like pretty much like Westworth village area, all the way up North to the end of the County or like all the way West to the end of the County, um, hit me up. Hit, send me an email or or a Twitter message or an Instagram message or something because w you probably are in a precinct that doesn't have a precinct chair. Maybe you could be precinct chair, um, and then we could we could organize together. So yeah, that would be cool. All right, man. Well, I really hope I really hope all this goes well. We got two more weeks of a final push of, of people working really really hard to try and get more you know everybody out voting and and uh swing this election i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens any any yep. any predictions you want to throw i guess final before we wrap up when you forget predictions <sighs> it's it's looking pretty red right now i'm not gonna lie um yeah there is like i'm surprised ken paxton is doing as well as he is like the f <laughs> is this <laughs> yeah um i will say this there is a significant possibility that they've underestimated Beto's support because he has been doing a lot uh, to energize younger voters and get more people registered because honestly that's one of the best ways we're going to be competitive yep um I do give him props for showing up in Greenville Texas of all places which is like like there were riots when he showed up there like understand something that is where like at one point the city motto was the blackest land of the whitest people. Like I'm not even making that shit up. And he still showed up and Greg Abbott won't show up to places where he's, you know, that are super progressive because, you know, he's not really trying to be a representative of the people. Beto's actually going to everybody to make that argument. He, I, in my opinion, would be a better executive just because he listens to the people. Like, I don't see him pulling the old Greg Abbott where it's like, oh, I'm sorry, we couldn't meet you. There was a scheduling conflict. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's 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 heartening and it's hopeful. I think he is, you know, touching a lot of people, activating a lot of people, inspiring a lot of people. Just, just hope it's enough. One thing that I thought was interesting is, I, I, I'm trying to remember where I, where I saw this. Where, uh, but uh, Tarrant County is about, or I guess not, maybe it wasn't Tarrant County, maybe it was DFW entirely. DFW is about a third of the voting population of Texas. Um, 
so like when Tarrant County goes blue, that's like a very large percentage of Texas like going blue. Um, so right. that's that's something to consider. Like even if we look at the map and that whole state looks like it's going for Abbott, um, really, you know, these things can be swung and often are swung like in the urban areas because that's where the populations are. So that's also why you're having such a big uh, a big effort from the GOP nationwide to obstruct elections and everything is because the Republicans are losing influence. Okay. So they have to keep rigging the game to stay competitive yeah. because they know their policies aren't popular and it's not that there aren't people showing up to support them, but it's that most of the people who are against the Republican party, um, you know, they're not showing up. Yeah. But they're starting to show up even more than they were. So things are starting to trend a lot more blue. That's why you have places that were traditionally red like Tarrant and Collin County showing up a lot more blue than it was. Yep. So I mean that's all it will take is just a few of those more populated counties to to flip. <clears throat> that could be the state. Um so it's it. I know the news and the coverage and the polls aren't looking great at the moment, but it could go either way. There's a bunch of unknown variables out there floating around, and we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. Well, cool, man. Well, I guess I'm, this is the part where, where we say the goodbye thing. So, so uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Thanks for listening. Ah.